Thank you for that wonderful anthem as we worship God together. As we uh, prepare now for our scripture, um, just a quick reminder that we, uh, last week we began looking at uh, call stories in the Gospels. Um, over the, the past uh, months, it, one of the things that has started to dominate our thought is what it looks like to do life together this fall. And as we try to follow the calling of Christ, uh, even in an uncertain world. And so, as we try to figure out how to follow uh, the call of Christ, we're looking at people who did exactly that. We're looking at call stories and how those early disciples responded. And so, uh, last week, we looked at uh, the, the calling of um, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And this morning, we'll be looking at the call um, uh, of Philip and Nathaniel, uh, which comes to us from the gospel according to John. But before we turn to God's word, let's first go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this community of faith. We give you thanks for the chance to gather together in worship, to join our voices in song, to join our hearts in prayer. And as we come before you today, we now turn to your word. We give you thanks for the gospels that tell us your story, teach us who you are and who you're calling us to be. And we ask as we read the gospel this morning that you would be here with us that you would inspire our hearts and our minds, that we might come to know who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. Listen to the word of God. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you. Under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that you, I saw you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect on the words of Scripture, we ask that you would help them to find their way into our lives, that we might leave this place a changed people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Follow me. This passage begins pretty simply. Jesus says, follow me. A very concise, very direct phrase. But by the time we get to the end, we're talking about heaven opening and the angels of God ascending and descending. A lot happens in just a few short verses. This is a a pretty remarkable story. And as we read this story, we, we hear these words from Jesus, follow me. We hear these, uh, these words from, from Nathaniel. You are You are the the son of God and the king of Israel. And we hear the words from from Philip, come and see. As we read this passage, I think it, it has something very important to say to us as a congregation 
about who we are at this moment and about the conversations that we are having every day. Let's begin Let's begin with Philip. Jesus says to Philip, uh, follow me. And uh, in John's gospel, this this comes immediately. uh, It's followed by um, an explanation of of who Philip is. We're told that Philip is from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And notice, John says this is the city of Andrew and Peter, not Peter and Andrew. We're, We're used to referring to them the other way, that Peter comes first and Andrew comes second. But John always does things just a little differently. And he tells us that this is a, uh, Philip is from the same city because he's trying to remind us, he's trying to connect these two call stories together. They, they come at the same place and they come roughly the same time. Uh, John tells us the story of Philip's calling immediately after the calling of Andrew and Peter. Now, John tells the story differently, but it, it gives us a good excuse to, to remember the story as we read it last week. Uh, We read this uh, story of of, uh, Peter and Andrew being called. We read the story of James and John. That's four early disciples. We talked about how a call to follow Christ is always a call to community. It's a call to life together. And as we looked at those four first disciples, there's a pattern that emerged. We didn't talk about it, but we saw it. There's this, this distinct pattern every time Jesus calls. Jesus, uh, when Jesus calls Peter, Peter responds by following Jesus. When Jesus calls Andrew, Andrew responds by following Jesus. When Jesus calls James, James responds by following Jesus. When Jesus calls John, John responds by following Jesus. When Jesus calls Philip, Philip responds by going the other direction. When we look closely at this story, Philip breaks the pattern. Philip does not immediately leave what he's doing to follow Jesus. In fact, Philip goes away. He goes back to Nathanael because his instinct is not to follow Jesus alone, but to bring someone with him. I mean, Philip's initial instinct, the immediate reaction for Philip is to get Nathanael and bring him along. Because while Philip is breaking one pattern, he's actually following a more important pattern. When we go back to those call stories from last week, when Jesus called Peter, Peter and Andrew came together. When Jesus called James, James and John came together. So when Jesus called Philip, Philip was going to get Nathaniel so that they could follow Jesus together. There's something really beautiful about this reaction from Philip. When Jesus calls, Philip goes the other direction, not because he doesn't know who Jesus is, but because he does know who Jesus is. And he realizes that Nathaniel will benefit from meeting Jesus as well. Something really beautiful in this picture of Philip is someone who is so dedicated to his friend and his brother that he refuses to follow Christ without getting Nathaniel first. This all happens immediately after Jesus says to Philip, follow me. And then we get to Nathaniel. Now, when Philip uh, goes to Nathanael, they have this wonderful exchange. The the words that Philip uses are are really interesting. Philip says, we found the one that Moses and the prophets are talking about. This is Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And Nathanael's response is usually the part of the passage that fascinates us the most. Nathanael says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And as we read this passage, that's almost always the phrase that captures our attention. And so I don't want to get derailed, but we do need to pay attention to this phrase. I think part of the reason this phrase captivates our imaginations is because we say things like this all the time. 
Whether we say them out loud or internally, we say things, can anything good come from Nazareth? We say this all the time. Sometimes it's innocent and kind of in good fun. For example, if you happen to, uh, to have a business meeting on the other side of the state, and someone invites you uh, to a business lunch where you will have steak, you might get really excited because you're from Pittsburgh. You know what steak means for lunch. The civilized way to eat steak is you take lettuce, you put the steak on top, and you cover it with french fries. This is how civilized people eat steak. But if you're on the other side of the state, when they bring you your lunch, you'll discover they've done it completely wrong. They took the steak and put it on a bun and smothered it in cheese. And as you stare down at this barbaric sandwich they call a cheese steak, the thing that runs through your mind is, can anything good come from Philadelphia? Right? This is what we think. We're from Pittsburgh, and we think things like this. Now, of course, once you eat it and find out how delicious it is, you would never admit that when you come back to this side of the state. Instead, you would say, can anything good come from Philadelphia? Sometimes we say these things internally or externally in good fun. Sometimes it's not in good fun. Right? Sometimes uh, meeting someone who comes from the wrong part of town we might say, can anything good come from that side of town? Can anything good come from that culture? Can anything good come from that race or religion or way of life? Sometimes we say, can anything good come from, and it's not so innocent. And this seems to be more what Nathaniel's doing. He seems to be looking down on Jesus' hometown. And so when Philip comes, when all of his excitement to say, I, I found someone you need to meet. This is Jesus, uh, the son of Joseph, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel's response is, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. I'm not interested. But notice that that doesn't deter Philip. Philip continues. He says, well, fine. Then just, just come and see. And spectacularly, Nathaniel does. He knows Philip well enough. He trusts Philip deeply enough to know that Philip would not lead him astray. Philip would not ask him to do something that wasn't in his best interest. And so Nathaniel says, all right, I'll give this a shot. And he follows uh, Philip. And as they, they come to Jesus together, there's this uh, wonderful exchange that, that's a sermon for another day. But this wonderful exchange. And at the end of it, uh, Nathaniel proclaims, you are the son of God and the king of Israel. Nathaniel understands who Jesus is even, even better than Philip. Nathaniel gets that this, this Jesus is not just Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. This is the son of God and the king of Israel. And Jesus said, if that is what excited you, Stick with me because you ain't seen nothing yet. You're going to see the heavens opened up. You're going to see angels ascending and descending. And together, they follow Christ. So we, we see this, this wonderful picture of Philip as someone who, who can't imagine following Jesus without bringing his friends. We see this wonderful picture of, of Nathaniel and the relationship they have together, one of, one of trust. And I think those images are so critical for our church because of the conversations that we are having right now. As a, a pastor, pastors have a unique vantage point in their congregations. We, we have conversations with lots of different people all the time. And sometimes we notice that the conversations sound a lot alike. In fact, sometimes we may find we're having the same conversation over and over, and no one knows unless we tell you that. And so I need to tell you, I have had a conversation over the past month or two, with dozens of people connected to our congregation, staff 
and officers and elders and committees and individuals and families. I have counted. It is dozens of us are talking about the exact same thing. Over the past month and a half, members of our community have asked, how can we invite our friends to be part of this community? There is something happening in this congregation that is so exciting and so deep, we can't help but want to share it. But we're Presbyterians and we don't know how. And so as a congregation, we're having these conversations in in committee meetings and one-on-one and by email and phone call and Zoom, trying to figure out what does it look like to invite our friends to be part of this community that gives us life. And so that's why I think it's so important to look at the story of Philip, because Philip essentially tells us we're overthinking it. It's not that hard. Sure, we can invent new programs. We can work on our worship schedule. We can do new advertising. And we're going to do all of that this coming year. But the best way to invite people to be part of this community is to invite people to be part of this community. That's all there is to it. And most of us are in our churches because someone at some point in our lives invited us. Whether it was parents who invited us rather strongly on a Sunday morning, or a spouse, or a sibling, or a neighbor, or a coworker, or a friend, or a loved one. Most of us get to church because someone invited us to church. Which means most of us cannot get to church if the people inside don't invite us. And as Philip shows us, it's really not hard to do. The best way to invite someone to church is just to talk about it. When someone asks you, what did you do this past weekend? We know the standard answer is to say, no, nothing big. Don't do that. It's not true. Instead, when someone says, what did you do this past weekend? You say, I I had a spectacular weekend. I went to my church and I had lunch with good friends. When someone says, how was your weekend? Say, I had a great weekend because my congregation has music that you would not believe. And that is true. How many congregations get to listen to both Craig Dobbins and Jeremy Fisher every week? When someone says, how was your weekend? Say, it was a great weekend. My church has incredible music. When someone asks, what are you going to do this week? Tell them. Say, I'm going to go to the journeyman or the men's huddle or koinonia or Bible basics. I'm going to go to my church. My kids are going to go to club three, four, five. My youth are going to go to youth group. When someone asks what you're doing, just tell them the truth. And if you're comfortable doing that, if you're comfortable just talking about the one that Moses discussed, the one the prophets told us about, if you're comfortable just telling people about the church, maybe it's time to take that next step we see from Philip and say, come and see. Maybe it's time to take that next step. When someone says, how have you made it through this past year? It's been so hard. We can say, I have an incredibly supportive community that has lifted me up in prayer and connected with me even during the harshest restrictions. You should come and see. When, when someone says, how are you doing? We can say, I'm doing great because my congregation has been walking with me. You should come and see. When someone says, what is it that gives you energy in life? You can say, my church and my faith and my Lord, come and see. Or you can make it even simpler. You can say, my church does this weird thing called day on the lawn that I can't describe. Come and see. I'll buy you breakfast. It doesn't have to be hard. What we see in this passage in Philip and Nathaniel's relationship is Philip and Nathaniel know each other, love each other, and trust each other. We have people like that in our lives. And as this community grows and as this community nurtures us, we want deeply to invite people into it. And so the best way to do so is to just invite them into it, to talk about our faith, to talk about our congregation, and to say, come and see. Now, This makes us nervous because, again, we're Presbyterians. We don't want to do it wrong, 
But look at what Philip did. Philip did this completely wrong. When Philip talks about Jesus, he does not identify Jesus as who he is. He identifies Jesus as as Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. It's Nathaniel who gets it right. The theology's all wrong here. And when Philip chooses the moment to invite Nathaniel, notice what Nathaniel says. He says, no. Nathaniel says, I am not interested. But Philip persists and again invites him, come and see. And eventually Nathaniel comes along. We have this nervousness that we're going to get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, you are in good company. So did Philip, and it's okay. Just be honest about your faith. Be honest about this community. Be honest about what Jesus Christ has done in our lives as we bring our friends with us to follow this calling. Our congregation is thinking about this a lot right now. We have a deep desire to invite the people closest to us to be a part of this calling, just like Philip And the best way to do it is to do it. To talk about our faith and to bring the people closest to us along in this journey following Christ. Follow me. And this is what Jesus says to Philip. It begins simply. Any invitation to church begins simply. But by the time the story's over, the world has changed as the heavens open and the angels of God descend upon the community of faith. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.